on Wednesday night, I did want to mention this. On Wednesday night, we talked about Scripture in Job, where Job says, Job 31, if I'm not mistaken, he says, I have made a covenant with my eyes. And we talked Wednesday night about making a covenant with our eyes to do what is right. Uh, If you get a chance, I would love for you to go and to watch that if you were not here. I believe it will change your life. It will help you to, as Brother Louise has said, abstain from sin and stay away from sin. We also put together this. It's my eyes covenant. This is something that each person who was here Wednesday night took and signed and put in their wallet. That way, every time they get tempted, they think about it. They'll remember, no, I got this in my wallet. It's right on me in my purse, on my person, and I can't do it because I made a covenant. So if you would like one of these, come and see me after, or I'm I'm sorry, not come and see me, but these will be up here on the pulpit after service. I, uh, we will be preaching at Brother Hamby's church, so we'll have to skip out of here, um, and I won't have too much time to say goodbye to everybody, but, uh, but those will be right up here, and uh, great for you to come and take. And again, this is what it says. It says, my eye covenant to abstain from fleshly lust, I have made this covenant with my eyes. I will put no wicked thing before them nor will I look upon a woman or a man to lust after them. This is my conviction to protect or pluck. My heart is fixed and my mind is made up. Hallelujah. So I'd encourage you to come get one of these. Again, put it in your wallet, in your purse, and go and watch that sermon Wednesday night on that. All right, Luke chapter 13, verse 31. Are you excited for the word? I'm excited for the word today. Hallelujah. I got something that I I just feel like giving the devil a black eye today. Is that all right? All right. Luke 13, 31. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto Jesus, Get thee out and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. It's kind of some uh, random concern. They're expressing towards Jesus. After questioning him every step of the way, now they seem to be concerned about his well-being. Verse 32, But Jesus said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox. Behold, I cast out devils. I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem. Praise God. I'd like to focus on that phrase, that that line, go ye and tell that fox. Go ye and tell that fox. If we could quickly turn to 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 58, and I promise you'll be seated after that. Hallelujah. It's been a longer than usual worship service. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. 
always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Praise God. This morning I want to preach to you for a little while on this topic, the fox. The fox. Can we say a word of prayer right now? Lord Jesus, please bless this sermon. Bless this time together. Use me to speak according to your will. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Everybody shout amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. So in this passage of scriptures, the Pharisees come to Jesus and seemingly out of nowhere they have some concern for the well-being of Jesus Christ. They tell him, Herod will kill thee. You need to get out of here. Depart. Run away. For Herod is coming after you. Now this is not Herod the Great that they're referring to. This is his son, Herod Antipas, who was the ruler over Galilee where Jesus was at at this time. Now, although he may not have been Herod the Great, maybe he was Herod the Great-ish. And he is certainly a villain in the passages of Scripture. Herod Antipas was the one under the direction of his wife, who she should not have been married to, under her direction, hallelujah, beheaded John the Baptist. John the Baptist preached and told them they were living in sin because she was his brother's wife, his brother-in-law's wife, and he could not and should not have been married to her. And so he preached to them, so they got upset, and they did not like that. So Herod Antipas went and beheaded John the Baptist. Obviously, Herod Antipas was a very strong character, especially in this region. Those leaders, those Roman leaders, they basically had full reign. They were able to do just about anything that they desired to do. So the warning that Herod would try and is trying to kill Jesus was not a small little warning. It came with a lot of weight. If it was you or I, I'm sure it would have come with a lot of great worry, stress, anxiety. Herod is trying to kill me. Herod and Tepes is coming after me. But as we see... Jesus was not in the little bit afraid. In fact, he was so unafraid that not only did he tell them that he would not be afraid, he cursed or he actually made fun of Herod and mocked Herod and said, Go tell that fox, hallelujah, go tell that fox that I am still here and I'm not going anywhere. Praise God. Herod called, Jesus called Herod a fox because a fox is known for his cunningness, his trickery. Herod endeavoring to remove Jesus from the territory. Jesus wanted to make it known. He wanted to make sure Herod knew, if you want to kill me, Here I am. You know where you'll find me? 
I'll be here casting out devils. I'll be here healing the sick. I'll be here raising the dead. If you want me, you old fox, you better come and get me because I am working miracles in your territory and I will continue to do so. Oh, praise God. How many of you know sometimes you just got to say, you know what? I'm going to do a work for God, and it doesn't matter who says anything. It doesn't matter who comes against me. It doesn't, oh, praise the Lord. It doesn't matter what devil fights me. It doesn't matter what family member thinks I'm crazy. Hallelujah. Get thee behind me, devil. I've got a work to do for the Lord. I will be here working miracles. I will continue to do what God has called me to do. Oh, praise God. You see, because Jesus' mission was far greater than any threat that Herod could send his way. Jesus' mission was far greater than even Herod himself. Herod the (laughs) great-ish. Hallelujah. And it didn't matter what Herod thought to do to him. Jesus said, I'm on a mission. I've got a purpose. There's something God wants me to do. Let me tell you, your purpose in Christ is greater than anything else in this world. Praise God, Jesus said, you can come after me, but I have a higher purpose. Don't you know you have a higher purpose? Don't you know God's called you to do something great? Don't you know God's anointed you? God's blessed you? And the whole reason you're getting fought and and things are coming against you is because they don't want you to fulfill that purpose? Hallelujah, you just keep on moving on, knowing that God has anointed you. Matthew 10 and 7, Jesus said, And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely you can give. Hallelujah, can I preach to somebody this morning? That you're not called to be a couch potato. You're called to heal the sick. Oh, praise God. If Jesus had the anointing to do so, and he also claimed that we had the anointing to do so, then what is stopping us from casting out demons? What is cast caught, What is keeping us from healing the sick and preaching the gospel? I know it's quiet for a moment, but let me remind you of the power of the Holy Ghost that lives deep inside of you. That power has the ability to heal the sick, raise the dead. It's the same power that worked in Jesus. You've got it living inside of you. Let me preach to you. You've got a purpose and a ministry in Jesus Christ. You're more than your career. Oh, praise God. You're more than your family name. You've got a heavenly purpose. Come on, you can be an accountant and you can be proud of that. But that's not your number one mission in life. 
No, but you are a kingdom worker. Hallelujah. You're a prayer warrior. You're a preacher of the gospel. You're anointed of God. Come on, somebody needs to get a hold of this today. God's got a ministry for you, and nothing else is more important than that right there. Oh, would you clap your hands and worship the Lord? Praise God. Jesus said, my purpose is greater. Your purpose is greater. Your purpose is greater than the boss and his opinion or her opinion. Your purpose is greater than that sin. Come on, can we get to a point here where we say, hallelujah, my purpose is greater than all these other things that are in our lives. And God's got a work for me to do. And sometimes I may feel like I'm just getting along just to get along. I'm telling you, somebody needs to rise up in this place and recognize you're called for something greater than that. You're not called to just get along to get along. You're not called to run away at every sight of trouble. No, you're called to stand your ground and to do a work of God. Let me tell you, this church is called to reach the city of Stewart. This church is called to reach this area. I still believe in 100. I still call and claim in 100. Praise God. And it doesn't matter what any fox comes to do to try to deter us from that. I'm claiming 100 and I'm going to work until I see it happen. Oh, praise God. You see, the fox is a symbol in scripture of abandonment and desolation. Lamentations 5.18, it says, Because of the mountain of Zion, which is desolate, the foxes walk upon it. Why? It's because the enemy had already succeeded. You see, this is the reason why that fox wants you to run. It's because that fox wants to inhabit the place that you now inhabit. The devil does not want us to have the spiritual victory that we get right here in this place. Praise God. The devil does not want us to inhabit the kingdom of God. The devil does not want us to be victorious. The devil does not want it. Why? Because he wants it to be desolate. Foxes don't go where people are. They prefer for people to move on. Then they come in and they inhabit the area. And that's exactly what the devil wants. The devil wants to push you aside, get you to stop praying, get you to stop fasting, get you to quit coming to church, get you to stop praying for the sick, get you to stop preaching the gospel so that he can step in and inhabit the spiritual territory of our area. I'm not willing to let that happen. I will stand my post and stand my ground. Hallelujah, for I will be victorious over him as long as I determine in my heart I'm not going anywhere. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6, chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, 
against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6 and 12. He's saying this is what we're struggling with. I'm not talking about a physical fox. Maybe there are people physically in your life trying to deter you from your walk with God, but I'm talking about the spiritual forces that are trying to deter you and push you aside. The reason they're doing that is because of this right here. They want to build a stronghold in your family. They want to build a stronghold in your area. They want to build a stronghold in your mind. They like to build up the the wickedness in high places. They put demons in power. Hallelujah. Demons are very territorial. They want to determine, they want to get the dominion over a certain area and a certain place. Hallelujah. That's why they want to kick you along. Jesus, Herod doesn't like it that you're preaching here. It's because as long as you're preaching here, people are looking to you and not to him. You think the spiritual forces of darkness is going to be okay when we step out and start doing door knocking and outreach? Absolutely not. They don't want you to be there. They don't want you to turn the light on because they dwell in the darkness. Oh, but I see what Jesus says. Go tell that fox. I'm going to be here curing the diseases and healing the sick and casting out people. I'll be here and if he wants to find me, he can come and get me. James 4 and 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Hallelujah. The devil is all talk. He's all talk and no bite. He wants to make you afraid. You know the reason why the Bible says he goes about as a roaring lion? Like a roaring lion. It's because he's just making a whole bunch of noise. He wants to make you afraid. But he knows that he can't touch you as long as God is on your side. Hallelujah. And here we come. Getting afraid. Throwing in the towel. Well, what if he does this? Oh, oh. Hallelujah, I've been told more than once. I could probably count five, six times I've been told, Pastor, hallelujah, I don't, I don't know about coming and getting a hold of God, and I'm afraid to do that because I'm afraid what the devil's going to do to me. Hallelujah, let me tell you, he's all roar. He's all talk. The devil can't do anything to you. And if he wants to do something to you, let him try. This is my purpose. This is why I'm here, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, and to preach the word, and that the devil wants to come against that, let him try. Resist the devil. That means simply just stand against him. The devil's not used to people resisting him. It's like that bully. He just always got his way. But the moment somebody stood up against him, he cowered down. Hallelujah, the devil's nothing but a bully. Just trying to keep pushing you to try to stop getting you from doing this, stop you from doing that. You're not called, you're not purpose, you don't have anointing, you don't have skills, you don't have abilities and talents. Uh, just keep bullying you and pushing you around. Somebody's got to stand against him and saying, this is my territory. This is my purpose. This is my ministry. My feet are locked. Hallelujah, I'm locked in place. I'm not going anywhere. And if 
if he wants to come and attack me, here's where he'll find me, doing the work of God, working in the ministry, doing what God's called me to do. This is where he'll find me. Is that where he'll find you? See, I feel like there's some resistance in this place. Maybe I should be preaching. He needs to find you doing some work. He needs to find you preaching the gospel. He needs to find you not just coming to church just to hear a little sermon, then go on home and live your life like every day is just the same. No, there should be a shifting in the spirit where I say, no, I got to do what God's called me to do. I got a purpose. I got to fulfill. The Lord has called me to do something for him. Will he find you with your hands in the work? Praise God. You see, but the fox wants nothing more but to deter you because he likes to live in the desolation. Song of Solomon's 2.15. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine. Sometimes we just make it out, oh, you got to stand against the devil. Everybody, yeah, that's right, stand against the devil. But sometimes that fox is not just one big fox. Sometimes it's a bunch of little foxes. And all they're doing is just nipping at your calling, nipping at your time, nipping at your energy, nipping at your priorities, nipping at your attention, just a little bit here and a little bit there. Make you less concerned here, less concerned there. Make you less focused here, less focused there. The little foxes constantly eating at the anointing. Hallelujah. Constantly coming and trying to deter you, distract you. Little foxes may not always be resistance from the devil. It could just be a game on your phone. Little fox may be a television show. Just a little thing just to come and distract you and keep you from fulfilling your ministry. You know what I think we should say to that? Go tell that fox, I've got a purpose and I've got a calling. Hallelujah. And you may distract me. You may try to inhibit me, but I'm not going anywhere. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. I made up my mind. I'm not going to move. I've got a calling and a purpose. The work of the Lord is where I'm called to be. My mind is made up. My feet are established. Go tell that fox. Uh, this is where I'll be in the work of the Lord. Uh, somebody shout, go tell that fox. Uh, hallelujah. Go tell that fox. Uh, this is where I'm going to be. It's going to be right here. We find this in, in another example in the book of Nehemiah. Chapter 4, verse 1. Nehemiah and those who had returned to Jerusalem 
began to build the wall around Jerusalem. It was a great feat. I know I've preached and taught several times on this over the years, but let me just make a quick point. It says, but it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. He didn't want this to happen. He didn't want them to build a wall. He wanted that area to remain desolate. Why? Because that's what the foxes want. They want desolation and abandonment. The foxes want to want you to abandon your post, walk away from ministry, and decide you'll never work for God again. And they wanted, he wanted it to remain desolate. Verse 2, and he spake before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? See, now he's actually making a few good points. It had been nearly 150 years since the wall had been torn down. 150 years that wall laid waste. 150 years the stones which had been burned sat there and now they're trying to use the same stones to rebuild the wall again. In other words, what he was saying, what are you trying to do? Don't you know it's too late? Don't you know your materials aren't enough? Don't you know this isn't going to be strong enough to stand? If the fox comes, that's exactly what he wants to tell you. You don't have what it takes. You can't make a difference. Don't even bother building a wall because the stones are always wasted. It's too late for you. I say to curse that devil, tell him to get away from you, cast him out, bind him in the name of Jesus, and you go ahead and build that wall. Don't let the devil tell you what you can and can't do. Let God tell you what you can and can't do. Don't let the devil try to convince you who you are. Let God convince you who you are. You are called. You are chosen. You are gifted. You are anointed. God's going to use you. God's going to use you. And verse 3. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him. And he said, even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Now this had many, many implications. The hearers this brought back many thoughts. So, well, since this land lay desolate, the foxes have inhabited it. And they will not allow this wall to be built because they like the desolation. So if you even begin to build it up, the foxes are just going to come and knock it right back down because they want that desolation. 
Oh, praise God. It, it was, they're just trying to tell you, oh, look, this fox, uh, which lives in desolation, this place is always going to be desolate. There's never going to be something here. You're never going to be somebody. You're never going to be special. You're never going to be called by God. You're never going to do something for the Lord. I rebuke you, devil. Get thee behind me. Go tell that fox, hallelujah, I'm going to be here, and I'm going to be doing a work for God. I'm going to let God determine my future. Hallelujah. And the fox will not deter me. Hallelujah. The fox will not deter me. And I love this. All Nehemiah's people, they heard these words. All it's going to take is a little fox to come in. And knock down this wall. All it's going to take. Oh, their words were piercing. They went on and on. Oh, these heaps are burn rubble are never going to stand. Look at these feeble Jews. Are they going to fortify themselves? Are they prepared to say, oh, who are they? Look how weak they are. Insignificant they are. But look at verse 6. I love this. Nehemiah, he just prays a little prayer. And then the Bible says this, so built we the wall. Hallelujah. That tells me one thing. All the words of that devil just washed right off their back. And they said, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to keep on building. I'm going to keep on. Come on. I'm going to keep on building. I'm going to keep on working. I'm going to keep on doing the will of God. So built we the wall. Yeah, it's going to fall down like a fox. Let's see. Bring it on, devil. Let's find out. Go tell that fox if he wants me, I'm going to be building. If he wants me, I'm going to be building. Hallelujah. Somebody shout that. If he wants me, I'll be building. If he wants me, I'll be building. Hallelujah. Jesus said to to the Pharisees, tell that fox, today I work miracles. Tomorrow I work miracles. And third day, it will be completed. My work will be finished. Hallelujah. What he's trying to say is, look, here's my timeline. If you want to come get me today, feel free to come get me. You know where I'm at. If you want to come get me tomorrow, feel free to come get me. You'll know where I'm at. But I'm not leaving until the work is done. Until what I came to accomplish has been perfected. Hallelujah. Tell that fox, I'm not going to stop praying until it's done. Tell that fox. I'm not going to stop worshiping until it's done. Tell that fox. I'm not going to stop witnessing until it's done. Tell that fox. I'm not going to stop working until it's done. Tell that fox. I'm not going to stop fasting until it's done. Tell that fox. I'm not going to quit preaching until it is done. Not until it's done. Not until it's done. Hallelujah, you can try to distract me. You can try to confuse me. But tell that fox, I must walk today. And I must work tomorrow. Hallelujah. 
He says, it's not my time yet. How do I know? Because I've got a work to do. You want to know why I never truly got too concerned over COVID? Everybody else did, and I understand, and I get it. You want to know why I never got too concerned over COVID? It's because I knew God still had a plan for my life. I said, there's still more work to be done here. He's given us a dream of 100 people being in its place. He's given us vision of at least two other daughter works that we want to start, whether it be in Hope Sound or Jupiter there in Port St. Lucie. That's our goal. That's our vision. That's our mission. And I'm telling you what, until those things are accomplished, tell that fox, I must be here today, and I'll be here tomorrow. Until those things get done, Hallelujah, this is where I'll be. Tell that fox if he wants me, he can come and get me. But I am going to be unmovable, steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Acts 20, 24. I'm almost done. Paul speaking. He's believing. He believes that when he goes back to Jerusalem, he's going to be arrested. Perhaps put to death. A lot of negative, bad things are going to happen to him. But this is what he says. None of these things move me. Oh, praise God. I wish somebody would get it in their heart. You say, you know what? I know the devil's after me. That doesn't move me. I know the devil wants to destroy me. That doesn't move me. Oh, I wish I was talking to a church that really heard me today. Hallelujah. Praise God. The devil wants to take my life. That doesn't move me. The devil wants to steal my family. That doesn't move me. Hallelujah. None of these things move me. Why? Because my feet are planted. I know my calling. I know my purpose. And I'm not going to stop until it's done. That doesn't move me. That doesn't alarm me. That doesn't deter me. I do not regard them as of any moment or as worth consideration when compared to the great purpose that I have devoted my life to. It does not move me. Why don't you say that? It doesn't move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. My purpose in Christ is worth more than my life. If that fox wants to come get me, my purpose is greater than my life. This was the spirit of the Savior who knew his life was the cost for his purpose. It also was the spirit of the early Christians who knew worshiping God would lead them to persecution and for all but one of the disciples martyrdom. Duty is more important than life. Hallelujah. Those in the army, many of them will tell you, duty is more important than life. Hallelujah. The calls of souls, seeing people set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, 
I don't know if I've got any witnesses, anybody who could say it with me, but I know I've determined it's more important than my life. It's more important than my comfort. It's more important than my conveniences. It's more important than my money. Hallelujah. It's more important than life to seeing souls saved and seeing people set free. Hallelujah. That's why if you call me, don't ever apologize. If I can answer, I'll answer. If not, I won't. But don't ever apologize. This is my life's work. Hallelujah. I'd rather be doing this than doing anything else because this is more important than life. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry. He said my course and my ministry must never split. They must go hand in hand. Is your course hand in hand with your ministry? ministry? Is the path you're on hand in hand with your purpose? Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Is my course hand in hand with my God calling? Is my course hand in hand with my anointing? Is my course hand in hand with my ministry? I must finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel, the grace of God. Hallelujah. Go tell that fox, I'm not done yet. I've got a work to do. And on the flip side of that, can we also remember that we will not always have the ability to do the work? John 9 and 4 tells us, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Hallelujah. Go tell that devil. Go tell that fox, I'm not done yet. But let me also remind myself, I'm not done yet. I've got a work that God's called me to. And my life's purpose will not be complete until I operate in that which he's called me to do. One more time, if we could stand, if you could throw up 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Really, that's what the devil wants to convince you of. Going to church isn't worth it. Preaching to that person isn't worth it. Sharing the gospel isn't worth it. Going, ho- going to church early for prayer isn't worth it. 
Binding myself to some job in the church isn't worth it. Talking to a family member about God isn't worth it. But here's what the Bible says. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That means it's all worth it. It's all worth it. Every time you come to church when you didn't feel like it, it was worth it. Whether you saw it or not, it was worth it. Every time you opened the door for somebody at church, it was worth it. Every time you greeted somebody out of love, it was worth it. Every time you preached to somebody, even if they slammed the door in your face, it was worth it. Because your labor is not in vain in the Lord. I've told this story before. I'll end with this story. I was a youth pastor. I was still very young, younger. We were at a youth event. I had made a decision that we were going to stay to this youth event until it was done. Somebody who was with me, who was older than I, they decided that they were going to go home. They were going to take a bunch of young people with them. And I couldn't really say anything at the time. And it was just it was just kind of a mess. I was very aggravated. I was probably a whole lot more aggravated than I should have been, to be honest. I went home and I was so out of it. The devil used this as an opportunity to attack my mind and my thoughts. And I just said, God, what, what am I doing here? Why am I even trying why do I keep trying to do this with the youth group? Nobody respects me. Nobody's coming. Nobody, nobody's doing what I'm asking them to do. Well, why do I even just keep coming? Why do I keep trying? Why in the world am I even just still in this ministry? I mean, I was so down and out. I was about ready to take the jacket off and hang it up. One of the few times I've ever been in that position I remember being so desperate for an answer. I grabbed my Bible and I laid down in my bed and I just prayed and I said, God, I'm desperate for an answer for an answer for you. Now I don't always suggest doing this, but at this moment I was desperate. I said, God, I'm gonna open up this Bible and I'm gonna slam my finger down. Whatever verse of Scripture my finger lands on, I know it's going to be a word from you. So I closed my eyes. I opened up my Bible. I slammed my finger down. And when I opened up my eyes, I read, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Somebody go tell that fox, I'm in it for the long run. Somebody go tell that fox, I'm a lifer.
I'm a lifer. Not until my life is over am I going to give up the minute. Somebody go tell that fox. I want to invite you now to come take a moment in this altar to pray and talk to the Lord. Maybe you've got some choice words for the devil letting him know. Tell that fox I'm going to be here today. I'm going to be here tomorrow. And until the work is perfected, this is where you'll find me. I will not give the fox a desolate place to live in. My ministry will not be a desolate area for the foxes to dwell. Hallelujah, hallelujah, that's right. Tell that fox, tell that fox in the name of Jesus. Oh, to worship you, I live, God. To worship you, I live, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm here to do your work, Lord. I'm here to do what you've called me to do, Lord God. There's not a mountain too tall. There's not a problem so small That Jesus can resolve In time you get involved It's our God, He cares about us So wait on the I'm here to speak to somebody who's on the edge somebody who's on the edge somebody who's looking across the edge of quitting of throwing in the towel of saying that's it I give up don't stop don't stop you keep preaching don't stop with your loved ones don't give up on your loved ones you keep preaching you keep witnessing don't give up on your ministry God's still going to use you. Your work is not in vain. Jesus will see you through. In time, he'll make you new. It's our God. He cares about us. So wait on the
train.